Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. It was in April this year that the Singapore government introduced additional cooling measures to address strong demand and increasing property prices. Foreigners have to pay an additional buyer stamp duty or ABSD of 60% when purchasing any residential property in Singapore. This is the largest hike in ABSD, doubling from the previous 30%. So how has the market responded seven months in? How are prices for new condos doing? Holding steady or not? What about rental prices? And what other important factors do you need to know to make strategic property decisions in today's market, whether as an investor, a landlord or a renter? My next guest is going to give us the view from the ground. He beat leukemia, has overcome retrenchment and is a thriving realtor. Terence Fu is Associate Group Division Director from Propnex Realty. Good morning, Clarence. Good morning, Michelle. Fantastic to speak with you. Let's get to know you personally. What a what a story overcoming uh, you know a, a challenge like leukemia. When was that? I know you're 45 now, but when did this happen? Uh, overcoming leukemia. I had that episode with uh, leukemia back in 2010. Uh, so that's about 13 years ago. I suppose. How did that change life for you? Um, wow. Well, I, I think anyone who has been through uh, cancer. Will, will definitely um, come up with a very new perspective on life. Mm. Um, it was very sudden. I remember back then I was healthy. I was in the corporate. Uh, I, I traveled quite a bit the year just before. Mm. And so uh, uh, everything seems to be rosy. And then um, I had this nagging shoulder pain that went on for months, which was unusual. Um, so I got myself uh, checked in at SGH. I thought it's going to be a routine check for maybe arthritis, which is still unlikely given my age then mm. but um, but you know that was the only explanation I thought possible so went in I still remember very clearly that day went in in my Bermudas and t-shirt thinking there was just be a outpatient uh, consult and then they said that no we got to walk you in immediately without telling me what exactly was wrong so uh, and, and that was the first of four days in the hospital and of course at the end of the four days uh, they said that the good news um, you don't have arthritis uh, the bad news you have leukemia so it's very hard to make sense of, of an experience like that. Yeah, amazing. So uh, did it lead to months of a battle? Um, how did you come out at the end of it? I was given some time to think about if I wanted to start treatment uh, immediately. Hmm. Uh, my uh, doctor then was very concerned because he said that my immunity was almost uh, close to zero. So any flu can literally uh, kill me at that time. So uh, I remember we started treatment uh, in June. Um, when I was diagnosed, it was in April. So we started treatment about two months uh, later. So I was warded for another four months uh, in the hospital. Uh, and amazingly, and, and it is a miracle, uh, I was given the all clear in August that year. So even my doctor said that it's, it's, it's not possible based on the past cases that they had. So they said for someone to recover in a matter of two months is just uh, not possible at all. That's amazing news. And so glad to hear about a full recovery in two months. Not only were you facing this health crisis, which I think for many people is probably the scariest thing to ever face in life, but you also had to deal with retrenchment. When was that? When was that timed? Yeah, um, that came about maybe, um, I think about three years af- after uh, my health care. 
So, um, in fact, I, I had two layoffs before, which back then it was very uncommon uh, because retrenchment wasn't something very commonly uh, done uh, in those days. Mm. So to go through twice uh, was like some of my friends said, that I, I really, uh, it's one of a kind. Uh, but just like leukemia, uh, retrenchment is also something that is very sudden. So I, I can really uh, empathize with, uh, you know, especially the economy this year, a lot of people are facing that reality uh, at the start of the year. And even now where after a stable career for many years, suddenly the company just makes an uh, announcement that, oh, we're going to cut headcount and your name is on the list. Uh, it can be very shocking. Huge shock. You've been through so much. Amazing to speak with you. Then you enter the property sector. Why, Clarence? In fact, I went in in the worst possible year, 2013. That was after all the uh, cooling measures. The market has really tanked uh, at that time. Mm. And um, I I got my, in fact, my license uh, while I was still uh, working in the corporate role. Mm. I've always liked property. Uh, my uh, joke with some of my clients sometimes is that uh, actually I wanted to be an architect, which is true uh, in my <laughs> school years. Unfortunately, I could not make it to uh, architecture school, so I en- ended up being an engineer. So, uh, But I really like property, so I got my license earlier on, which on hindsight was a blessing in disguise because uh, at least I had this thing that I could pretty much uh, start. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I do want to move into the real estate uh, industry sooner or later, but I, I think the whole retrenchment exercise actually uh, forced me to bring this uh, decision earlier. Really fascinating that somehow you had reskilled. So as an engineer, you take the property certificate or, or license exam. Were there examinations at that time? Yes, that time uh, CEA was already around. So we, we need to take the, uh, the course and then sit for the exam. Okay. I, I, in fact, I, I failed uh, once, so I only passed in the second attempt. Oh my gosh, you are just a poster <laughs> child for picking yourself up and moving on. I love it, Clarence. What do you say to someone listening in? Um, they're listening in because they want property tips, which we will get to in just a while. But they're also going through tough times in life. I, I'm sure you can empathize. What do you say to them to about you know uh, resilience and to keep going? Um, I, I think it's very important not to see setbacks as, uh, as the final stop in life. Um, it's not just a um, positive mantra. I, I think uh, sometimes certain things happen and they open up a new door which we wouldn't have uh, opened up ourselves. I was just back at the exact same spot uh, recently at mm. Novena where my then director delivered the news to me uh, that I was going to be laid off um, um, and, and I was just short of three years which mm. then meant that the company was not obliged to pay me any uh, retrenchment uh, benefits. So, interestingly, just a few months ago, I walked past that same cafe, uh, which I've not been to for a long time. And, and I kind of just thought to myself, like, uh, you know, thank God that it happened. Because if not for that, I would not be where I'm at now. Amazing. Literally, a new door has opened. Let's walk through the door and let's open other doors for people as well who want to be property investors. Amazing. Clarence Fu is Associate Group Division Director from Propnex Realty. We want to get your insights on the market. So according to Knight Frank, Singapore's property investment market will be characterized by investors in the search for assets. Aren't we all looking for that? So what what do you think are some of the must-know property trends investors and buyers need to understand now as they build their property portfolio? Uh, that's a very good question, Michelle. Um, I, I think 
the Singapore psyche has always been that uh, property is, is one of the best uh, and safest uh, investment options mm. uh, amongst the rest. And, and I think from from young, we are always uh, encouraged or even told to to, uh, to own rather than to rent. Uh, and which is why even till now, many people want to be landlords, whether in the residential or the uh, commercial space. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the residential, I, I think it's important to understand uh, where the opportunities are. So in this current market, uh, I think the core central region presents a, a very good opportunity, even though it seems to be uh, the most expensive in Singapore. But why I say that is because the other regions, which is the outskirts of the city, mm-hmm. uh, the RCR, which is the rest of central region and uh, some of the suburban areas, they have risen a lot faster and a lot more than the core uh, city area in the last uh, two to three years post-COVID. So in a way, you can say that the city area is kind of like underpriced. Uh, that's one. But secondly, um, we have a lot of uh, foreign uh, professionals in Singapore, EP holders and so on. And a lot of these tenants tend to want to rent uh, in the city or at least at the city fringe. So, um, so to be a landlord is almost like opening a physical shop. You have to first ask yourself who are your customers and where your customers will be and then decide on where you want to locate your shop. That is fascinating. I love it when we have guests with different viewpoints. Just yesterday, we had somebody on, also from Propnex, who said uh, the core central area wouldn't give you as much capital appreciation as the rest of the you know, the outskirts of Singapore. Yeah, but you disagree. I I wouldn't say that I disagree. Um, I think because both the city area and the city fringe uh, present different type of opportunities. Um, So it's not one against the other. Um, I think it does depend on the uh, investor's uh, goals Mm -hmm. and also the, uh, the financial uh, means that they want to uh, employ to do this investment. So uh, I always say work within your financial means and because if you're going to be investing in property and, and end up eating Maggie Me for the next five years, I, I tell all my clients, then please don't do that. Like mm. um, It should not be so stretching and so pressurizing. Yeah. So work with uh, the budget and, and then after that, then go for the opportunities that best fit the budget. Important advice there. Always uh, live within your means, work with your budget. Um, you mentioned expats a while back. To what extent is expat demand um, quelling or pushing up the rental market in Singapore? I think the rental market, the expat demand has uh, softened this year. Mm. Uh, it's not totally come to zero, which is not possible because Singapore is an open economy. Uh, companies are still constantly uh, bringing people in. So it's just that the uh, the number of fresh arrivals, which is a key indicator, uh, has come down significantly compared to last year. That means people who are not already in Singapore, they are relocating firms, are bringing them in from the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, this group has, has dropped uh, quite significantly in numbers and plus, I think the number of layoffs at the start of the year, both in the tech sector and to a certain extent, certain financial uh, sector as well. Uh, These are all professional EP holders. So definitely there will be an impact on the rental market. Interesting. Um, what What are some of the key areas you think are worth looking at if property investors are listening in and they want the best returns? Um, I, I have a very simple metric. I call it PSLE, <laughs> um, which uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you have a chuckle there. So um, as we all know, PSLE is the most basic form of uh, examination in Singapore. It's just primary school. Uh, but it, it basically stands for price, size, uh, location, and exit. 
So uh, we won't have the time to dwell into it today. But I think as an investor, it's important to ask yourself uh, these four questions. Uh, the price, like I mentioned earlier, on work with the budget that you have. Uh, size is something that's very interesting. Uh, it's not about whether the biggest is the best or smallest is the best, but uh, you want to go for a size that is kind of like limited in supply in that certain area. Uh, and, and then because then it means that you have a better chance of renting out. And then the exit is the primary thing that I always look at when I'm helping my clients because anything that doesn't have a viable and healthy exit is a dangerous proposition. Mm. So uh, so I was always say that uh, the entry is what most people focus on, but I rather focus on exit because there's no point buying a property that you can't sell off later. Great, great, great advice. So PSLE, the price, the size, what's L again? Location. Location. And who else is going to want this property? The exit, right? Yes, the exit. (laughs) Okay. Now, when it comes to a well-diversified property portfolio, what do you think are some of the main factors to look out for? I think now, given the taxation policies Mm. um, that we have in Singapore with the ABSC and so on, um, probably the most that a family can, can have is about two to three residential properties. So uh, in that sense, I would always advise to diversify as far as location is concerned. Uh, when I say location, uh, that means good to probably have one in the city if uh, that is something that the budget allows and then something maybe in the uh, RCR area, which is the city fringe. Mm. Uh, because the demand uh, between these two areas do wane and increase uh, differently. So if uh, demand for a certain area is kind of like coming down, at least you have something else that is still working out quite well. Uh, so that will be at least uh, for the residential space. Uh, I think the commercial space is also something very interesting, uh, which is different from the industrial, which has been, I think, a, a trend that's been going on for many years. Many investors have bought B1 industrial properties. Uh, but I, I think the commercial side is something that people have really not looked at. And the commercial sector, I feel, provides a more steady return uh, simply because uh, Singapore, again, being a business hub, uh, we have a lot of companies, we have a lot of startups, and all of them need uh, uh, some kind of uh, commercial space, whether retail or office. So, so interesting. Uh, yeah. We don't often talk about retail space. That's a very interesting perspective. What are the sort of uh, spaces available that are attractive now? Um, I think offices uh, are still a very attractive proposition. And URA is encouraging uh, basically offices outside the city now, uh, which is why we have come up uh, with three suburban CPDs, uh, Jurong East, Paleba and Woodland. So these are three places I think worth a look because Paleba now is, is buzzing so it's Jurong East and these are very good examples of how a suburban CBD will work and people need offices in these places and many times the rental is probably half of what you find in the city. Interesting, we've got great advice on how to hedge as well if you want a well-diversified property portfolio. If you've just joined us, I'm speaking with Clarence Fu, Associate Group Division Director from Propnex Realty. What are some of the hidden costs associated with property investment, Clarence? I think hidden costs uh, maybe not so much hidden in the sense, but just something that uh, investors would not have uh, considered. Um, I think it's important to set aside some funds to upkeep the property, uh, just as again in any shop. I always use that as a concept because people can identify with that. Mm. Uh, you want to spruce up your shop from time to time, change the product mix or have some kind of uh, renovation to keep it fresh and, and to keep attracting people. So if uh, someone is investing in residential property, uh, I, I think it's important to set aside a bit of to just maybe change the lights, the curtains every few years because you want to be the most uh, pleasant and, and pleasing to tenants. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of options out there and tenants are paying good money nowadays and they wouldn't want to pay for a design or interior that is like 10 years old that is very stale and old. 
So I think that is something that investors should really think about um, in terms of just keeping the property and, and uh, putting some money in there. Tell me about it. I just had to put up a new roof and <laughs> that was quite a bit. <laughs> uh, roof costs a lot though. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. All right, can you share some insights into calculating how much you should spend on property for investment. There are tons of these calculators, mortgage calculators, put in your age. And then I don't know how they expect you to know the interest that you're planning to pay, but some some of them ask for it. But what is your view on calculating how much one should spend on property for investment? Um, that's a good question, Michelle. I, I think with the uh, TDSR framework, that has to really set a parameter for a lot of investors because uh, TDSR kind of like set the uh, loan amount that they can borrow yeah. and and it doesn't allow anyone to over leverage so uh, 55% I would feel is really on the top end most people actually borrow uh, way below that so um, I would say not so much exact uh, amount per se but as long as uh, the rental uh, should even at this current high interest uh, uh, situation the rental income should at least cover I would say uh, 70 to 90% of your mortgage uh, that will be a very good uh, gauge. If you can get 100%, that will be perfect. But for investment, I always tell my clients, don't work on an ideal situation where the rental fully covers the mortgage. So I think a more pragmatic uh, guideline will be a 70 to 90% of the mortgage should be covered by rental. And then uh, if you are doing that, uh, that should be very safe. For someone who's never ever bought a property and they want to get started, what is the best piece of advice you can offer? I, I think, uh, again, with the uh, financial means as a as the overall uh, guide. Yeah. Uh, buy as uh, near town as possible. Buy as large as possible, and buy as new as possible. So these are like the three uh, guides I always give my clients. The reason for that is that the property market on a whole uh, appreciate. So uh, you want to have your base as large. So for example, the market goes up by 20 to 30% after five years. Whether it's a one bedroom or two bedroom, it will go up. But if the base is smaller, at the end of the day, your profit and everything will be smaller as well, simply mm-hmm. because the base is smaller. So I always say, just go with this tree, buy as near city as possible, as large as possible, and as new as possible. Great guidelines there. You, mean, you mentioned as new as possible. How are new launches doing? Are they... Holding steady with those higher ABSD rates, how are we seeing new launches do? Um, I, th- I think this year, developers are definitely a lot more over 40 projects in the market uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And so developers definitely have to price their projects competitively. And pretty much we are now in an era where uh, the old pricing is no longer viable or available. Uh, the old pricing will be something about 1,005 to 1,008 PSF. Mm-hmm. I think that batch and that era of projects are over. So now we are seeing a new norm where uh, 1,009 to 2,002 uh, is, is pretty much what uh, suburban uh, new launches are commanding. So, and the earlier I think investors understand that, uh, the earlier they can seize an opportunity. This has been fantastic. I cannot let you go without a <laughs> few more questions. Have there been hidden gems in Singapore that have caught your eye, Clarence? Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a million dollar question. Isn't it? Everybody's yeah. leaning in. I can hear, I can feel it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say there are, but uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are already just recently sold, oh. like fully sold. 
Yeah, so uh, One Pearl Bank was a, a great project. Um, I mm. highly recommend it. Mm. Um, I, I believe it's already uh, just, just recently, not too long, all gone. Midtown, the area around Bugis, uh, I feel there's still opportunity there. So there are two projects, Midtown Bay and Midtown Modern. Again, uh, these are still available. So And the whole Bugis area is turning into a very interesting place. I, I call it CBD 3.0 myself <laughs> because I find that uh, the emphasis is on Marina Bay now, but we can see very clearly the government's direction they are extending our CBD uh, eastward and towards the Bugis area mm. uh, the Rochelle area so that's one uh, place to really uh, pay some attention to and the other one would then be uh, in the Jurong East where we have a fairly established suburban CBD now but it's still continuously being developed uh, and there's a new project now Jaden I, I think that's worth a look as well this has been gold Clarence thank you so much for your insights Thank you so much, Michelle. And I'm so glad to hear that you're healthy and well. We wish you all the best, of course, um, in life and with your property journey as well. We appreciate the insights there of Clarence Fu, Associate Group, Division Director of Propnex Realty. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.